Stop moving my microphone. Go. Stop moving my microphone. Go. <laughs> All right. In three. Me. Two, one, action. Welcome to take two of the weekday for this week, April, May, May, June, July, May uh, 11th, 2022. I am Andy. Hello, I'm Michael. And that over there. I'm Justin. I'm very shouty today because I'm trying to ward off the sleep demons. I I swear to you, by the way. Sleemans. That's good. Sleeman Marcus. Uh, <laughs> I could have, uh, at about 1.30, I could have taken a nap on my floor in my office, and I don't ever want to, like, even touch the floor of my office because oh. it's, you know, who knows how many years of dust and dust mites are there. But I could have taken a nap right there. <laughs> I could have. I love that for you. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, like I said, this is take two of the weekday. We had a glorious episode record for, recorded for you Ready to go. I mean, it was probably the best episode we've ever done. Might I say a banger? Yes. <laughs> and Why then, was that so formal. May I say, <laughs> uh, Prithee, tell me. Hitherto, <laughs> for, for which thine Post-haste. own, thine own MKBHD give you a notification. Oh, Rinse. no, it's not. Um, and then something happened, and Justin walked into my office yesterday, and he, can you give me the face? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> no, 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 no. So he's never usually that casual. And then, uh, and then he gave me this face. As I'm holding the SD card. <laughs> the zombie SD card. <laughs> and it was a little bit of... No, we all know what that means. Yeah, and I knew immediately... That's, in my heart of hearts. Says, son, sit down. Your mom and I need to talk to exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> Your fish died. Yeah, uh, Larry. And Larry so, yeah. And so Larry and Mike and Justin and I are recording a new episode right now. And this is, we're literally That's doing gonna this be live. Though. It's going to be better, though. I think so. There was a lot of things that I said on Monday that... Were quite inflammatory? No. No, but I, I feel better about today. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, like what? No, no, no. Save it. Save it. Save it. We'll get to the topic in just a brief minute. Uh, but before we get there... How fast is a brief minute? Uh, it's a, Sorry, keep going. It's a New York minute. And so, like that song. Uh, before we get there, however, we on Monday... Justin, have you heard that song? New York Minute? Ooh. Maybe. No, you haven't. It's fine. Everything will change. Yeah. In a Maybe New York if minute. I heard it, it sounds familiar. Maybe I just heard the title. Yeah, okay. Cool. <laughs> Sorry. It's Billy Joel, right? <laughs> It's so. not Billy Joel. Uh, who is Richard Marks? Anyway. No, um, it's Don Henley, isn't it? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. They, I get them confused. One's Canadian, one's from the Eagles. Um, Mike, you had a topic you wanted to bring to the attention of For the our jury. intro, intro thing. Yeah. So, which is funny. So you mentioned jury, right? You just, you just mentioned Did jury. you get jury duty? No. Oh. I got a call from somebody who said that I had missed my federal jury duty. But for like a grand federal grand jury, and April twenty fifth, and the guy said, "Hi, this is Sheriff So and So. You missed your court date for your." How rough did your heart get? I <laughs> heard that sound in a movie trailer. <laughs> yep, like Dunkirk. Uh huh. Yeah, and so I was on the phone. Hold with- on, have you seen Dunkirk? 
I, I thought I was going to get away with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, please, Mike, keep talking. <laughs> it's Christopher Nolan. You love Christopher Nolan. Yeah. I know. You've I, seen I, The Dark Knight. I really want to see Dunkirk. Once. But, yeah. <laughs> You've seen Interstellar twice. Yeah. Okay. So he he's, he's keeps telling me that, like, I miss this. I'm basically in contempt of court right now. There is potential to be an arrest warrant out for me. Uh, and, like, I was Whoa. beyond... I was like, I cannot believe I missed this. And like, he knew my name, my birthday, my address. I'm like, he was telling me information. Is this who you were talking to when you were holding Ella? No, oh, that, okay. was, that was Delta. Okay. Yeah, that's another story okay. for another podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically I was being held in contempt of court or whatever. And um, I needed to drive down to the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department in Brandon, Florida, and turn yourself in? Well, basically, like, sign a piece of paper that said why I was not available, why I did not report a DNR, is what they called it. Um, and I was like, okay. And he's like, and if you if we get disconnected from this line, you hang up from this line, we will take that as a sign that you are not going to report or not do anything about this, and there will be a warrant out for your arrest. So you just stood where you were. And I was like, what are you talking about? And the guy had like a Southern accent and kept talking and like his, his walkie talkie kept going off. Uh-huh. So like talking into a walkie talkie and I'm like, it was just, it was hard to understand what was happening. My head was spinning. It's like, I just can't. So we kept talking or whatever. And then he kept, he told me this like bond that I was going to have to post bail for or whatever. And I was like, how much was it? Wait, hold, hold on. I'll get okay, there. Okay. Okay. Um, and I was like, man, Okay. And all the while, Kristen's texting me, like, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? It's like, I can't talk to you right now. I'm trying to figure this out. So he keeps putting me on holds. And, like, I'm looking up this phone number. Is this a scam? You know? Like, there are jury duty scams that have happened or whatever. Not There hasn't been one reported like this, at least that I could come up with or whatever. Um, So finally, after one, he comes back. And I was like, okay, you're going to have to talk slower. uh, Because it was hard to hear him. And... He, I was like, am I going, do I have to owe any money or do, is this going to be reflected on my record at all? And he said, no, as long as you come down and do this, um, you, you don't owe any money, no, nor will this be reflected on your record. I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm leaving now. <laughs> he said, how long is it going to take you? It, he said, and I said, it's going to be like 50 minutes. And he said, okay, I will meet you outside of the sheriff's department. Bing, light one went off, light bulb one. Um, and I was like, okay. And he's like, and now are you going to have to stop at a financial institution before you come? And I said, why would I need to do that? And he said, well, because the bond costs $4,500. What? And I was like, second bell went off. And I was like, didn't he just tell me it's not going to be any money? And I said, okay. But I thought, and I said, I was like, I thought this wasn't going to cost any money. And he said, uh, well, you'll get the money back. In, like, two to three business days. Uh. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And I said, I'm not saying this isn't real, man, but is there, like, some place I can go online to, like, check to see what I missed? Or he said, no, not today. In, like, you know, three to five business days, there'll be record of this. Mm. Another one that huh. went off. Um, and I was like, okay. I said, this so. That's good. Yeah, well, I mean, like, it was very, this is the most convinced I've ever been on one of these calls. Um, and then he said, okay, yeah, so $4,500, you'll need to go to your financial institution, and if you want it back today, it's got to be in all cash. 
Oh. And I was like, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. And I, I'm telling the guy this. Correct me if I'm wrong. This does seem like a scam, right? And he goes, no, this is not a scam. Like, I, at the end of the day, like, I'm just trying to get home. I'm just going to go home at the end of the day. And, like, you might have a, a criminal arrest, you know. On That's a actually a good warrant. response on his part. And I was like, you're right. Um, but, like, you'll forgive me for thinking that this might be a scam. And he goes, well, I'm really sorry to hear that. That you think that the sheriff's department calling you is a scam, and I was like, okay, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm I'm too old now to be emotionally manipulated by things like this before, where they try to make me feel bad. Yeah. Um, and and he's like, well, I'm gonna transfer you to a verification phone call here. Okay. Uh, and so he transferred me, and then 30 seconds later, the line went dead. Uh, and I was like, okay, cool. And so I called the sheriff's office, the one right around the corner from here, and the guy picked up, and I was like, hey. I just got a message from a, and then before I could finish, he goes, someone's saying that you missed a federal grand jury duty uh, appearance. And I was wow. like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, it's not real. And, he, and, the, and this is what the sheriff's told me, or the sheriff's deputy told me, he said, if you missed your, a, a federal grand jury, uh, jury duty notice, you would know. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh okay. okay. Thank, that's weirdly comforting. So huh. thank you. <laughs> cool. Hey, you did it. You broke yeah. a you hey. broke a crime syndicate yeah. up. Good uh -huh. job. Yeah. Uh, did you have to report the number or anything? No. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad my brother's not a felon. Justin, how about you? You want him to go to jail? Yes. At least that I know. Vote Do below. Yeah. <laughs> Text yes to hope to yeah. 33222 <laughs> if you'd like Mike to yeah, go to smash jail. The, smash, smash the thumbs up button if you're happy I'm not a felon. <laughs> Absolutely. Subscribe if you're happy or if you wish I was a Absolutely. Felon. And then dislike if you want him to go away. Um, cool. Well, usually this is where we take an ad break uh, and talk about some stuff. But uh, well, Mike, real quick. We're doing it live. Well, we're doing it live. Oh, and real okay. quick, could, would you be able to tell us about worship? night absolutely cool uh my camera please may 19th 7 p.m we are having a worship night slash live recording at the lakeshore campus if you have ever been to a worship night before congrats i love that for you <laughs> <laughs> good job yeah, this will be unlike any experience you have ever been to here at bay hope church and i can't wait for it uh, we have been preparing for this for about six months now. Uh, new music, um, visuals. I mean, like this is, again, this is a behind the scenes podcast, but this is the thing that I felt like we have been the most, outside of like a S Sunday morning, Christmas Eve, Easter, this is the thing that the creative wing back here behind the sanctuary has been the most uh, on on board with, and it's very exciting yeah. how many people are involved with this. You are not going to want to miss it. May 19th, 7 p.m., Lakeshore Campus. Get your booty here. It's going to be dope. And on with the podcast. Yes. Uh, little also <laughs> behind the scenes, Mike and I did not talk about me at throwing it to that ad pitch there. So good job. Thank you. You went from being in jail to <laughs> being a complete pitch Well, man. potentially. I still, jury's still out. Uh, literally. Nailed it. Okay, so uh, we're moving on to our topic for topic du jour. Um, so the... The podcast we recorded on Monday was a, a little bit um, circulatory in nature, and I think we should just get directly to the point here. Hop to it. So the there's a there's a thing that's happening in the world around us, and that is 
Christianity not necessarily being attacked, uh, but a lot of Christians not understanding what they should be doing and how they should respond to certain things that are happening around them, particularly. Go ahead. Oh no, you go, 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 particularly go. things in the socio-political realm. Yeah. Uh, so things that are happening on the right, on the left, things that are happening in legal circles, things that are happening in social circles. Yep. And so we wanted to start a little mini series within the weekday, and we're entitling it what, how should the church respond or how does the church respond? Or, as of right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, you know, as we're date stamping this in May of 2022, but how should the church respond to dot, 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 yeah. and whatever our dot, dot, dot is for the week. And so for this week, we actually wanted to tackle something fairly large, yeah. and that is the idea of the how should the church should, in air quotes, how should the church respond to sociopolitical Troubles, and in this case, it was we were talking uh, about abortion, particularly the Roe v. v. Wade over, well, possible overturning that's happening, and uh, even outside of that, though, things that are happening in the geopolitical world, such as the war in Ukraine, and you know, things that 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 the church, oftentimes, like like climate change, yeah, climate change, things things that the church oddly remains silent on. Yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. In ways that can be infuriating. Sure. I cut you off. You were going to make a point. Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like part of the reason this is a really important topic to talk about is, A, things change all the time. Drastically. Very uh, quickly. However, things stay remarkably the same. <laughs> um, and uh, that sounds really stupid to it's really say. It's really That's I like that. But it, it and, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get to that, too. Uh B, I also think it's really important to talk about that right now because, honestly, I I feel like since Trump was elected in 2016, um, because he was such a divisive figure, is still to this day a very divisive figure, and the one of the the was it the main socio socio group that like our demographic that voted for Trump were white evangelicals, right? uh, Which, I mean. I don't necessarily know if I would call myself. I would say white. I mean, I can't get away and from you're, that. You're but, evangelical. Yeah, but I I am pretty much in an evangelical context. Um, that since 2016, because Trump was so divisive, and because a large share of white evangelicals voted for Trump, I feel like since that moment, um, there has been this accelerated shift into viewing. Um, you know, Christianity went from sort of like apathetic over the past you know decade or two to now it's becoming almost wrong to like be a Christian. Hmm. Um, I'm not saying I, I don't say that in a sense of like to uh, be like martyrdom. Like, yeah, and you know, you're not vilifying us. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be a martyr in what we're about to say, but I'm just saying, I think culturally speaking, Christianity is now looked at a, with a little more hostility than it used to be. I think uh, to, to, to that point, Yes, and so uh, let me let me couch all of this as well by saying we're not going to get political. We're not left. We're not right. We're not central. We're not doing any of that stuff. What we instead want to do is look at how the church and inside of the church, Christians, how we should respond to things that are happening in the outside world. The answer is not to go bury our heads in the sand or become the desert fathers or monks and just close ourselves off, close ourselves off behind cell doors and just pray it all away, because. Yes, prayer is, necess- is necessary, but I was actually having this conversation with um, somebody this morning, and he's a principal of a teacher, of a, of a Christian academy, okay. and he was a worship pastor, and mm. he actually was a worship pastor 
I mean, he's a, he's a little bit older now, but he was a worship pastor back in like the late 90s, early 2000s, right when a lot of older churches were doing the, he was the contemporary worship leader, right. and we all know what that buzzword means. And he Not contemporary. Right, no, well, he was trying to be, <laughs> yeah, and he no. ended up... Um, I guess an older lady stood up in the middle of the church and looked nice. at him at, at looked at him and the pastor and said, "You guys are the bride of Satan." Uh, I love that. Yeah, and because they were trying to bring what a great band name they were the bride of Satan. Yeah. Uh, there is a band out there called the bride. Oh, of Satan. I'm sure. Yeah, they're they're uh, they were on tour with Cannibal Corpse for a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not lying. Uh, I don't know how people who are big fans of like heavy metal don't just laugh. Like I don't know. I, mean, how you I think that's part of it. Have you you've seen Death Clock? I think that's part of it. Um, anyway. The, where I was going with all that was he, the reason he got called the Bride of Satan was not because of the music, was what, what, but was because, excuse me, he was actually trying to go out into the Latin community around him and bring them into church. He was trying to start a Spanish-speaking service. Interesting. He was trying to help the homeless, and this older lady w- stood up and him. said, well, this older lady was basically standing up and saying, you are bringing those people into the church, <laughs> <laughs> which... What a loser. Yeah, uh, and he, he ultimately left the church. No. Um, <laughs> go, go figure. Um, but, but the moral is we, the church should not just stand there and yeah. do nothing. Right. So we're not going to get political. But to go back to your main point about the Trump 2016 thing, I think everything was accelerated. I think there was a prime accelerator in there well, that then, in, yes. in 2020 uh-huh. when the pandemic allowed us to close, it, close off the outside world and really start to look at the internet world where yeah. everything travels just like that. Well, and that's a good, I probably should have said that too, where it was these, a perfect storm, sort of like a, a, three, a three-pronged thing of a political accelerant, um, a racial accelerant. Oh, yeah. And then you have you have a, a pandemic. Public health, yeah. Yeah. So like yes. So I I I'm, I should have said I should have clarified. I, I think it started in 2016, and then 2020 came around, and then these things hyperdrive. Yep. You know. Yep. Um, so then let's go to the question of the day. Then yeah. How should the church respond to sociopolitical things? Yeah. Like Roe v. Wade possibly getting overturned. Yeah. How should the church respond to? pro-life pro-choice arguments what yeah. what where do we what do we do about that so this is why i'm really glad we're actually having to redo this right because you um, made your stance completely clear on everything <laughs> you stood up on the table like tom cruise and declared that you love love and <laughs> it was great <laughs> my shirt was off it was it was great you had your chest it painted too really really you, weird. Had, you had your chest painted with a word yeah um soy bomb <laughs> that's a, a good call. That's a deep reference. Yeah, that's a good callback. Um, Justin, yeah, you don't know what that is. Justin, have you ever watched the MTV Video Music Awards? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where so, Yeah, I think. I think that was Bob Dylan. No. Yeah, it was Bob. It Dylan. was it Bob Dylan? Yeah, Soy bomb. Some, some okay. Guy, yeah. Or Jacob Dylan. One of the oh, two. <laughs> anyway, okay. keep going. Yes. Abortion. So the one. Yeah. <laughs> a real light topic. Thank you. Um, one of the reasons. That, uh, I'm, I'm happy about this is on Monday we talked about this. So then yesterday was Tuesday. You know that day. And, <laughs> well aware. Uh, yeah. Uh, in the morning when I was working out, I saw that Andy Stanley was on a podcast with Carrie Newhoff, yep. who are both Andy Stanley is a pastor at North Point Church or Ministries in Atlanta. Carrie Newhoff was a pastor and now has this sort of like church leadership organization. They stole their idea, our idea, by the way. I think so. I think we have a case. 
Um, I mean, we don't have the audio, but yeah, we <laughs> we can't really back it up. Well, and they, we don't like, even have scratch audio from the and, cameras. <laughs> and they talked about it probably like two months ago. Yeah, yeah, um, whatever, whatever. But so they were they talked about this, and then he actually Andy Stanley came out with a book yesterday yep. called "Not in It to Win It," yep. um, and it's all about how do we engage specifically political issues as Christians. And he's talking from even more of an evangelical context, being essentially like a Southern Baptist church, mm-hmm. a Southern Baptist pastor uh, or preacher um, within sort of, you know, the Deep South and a, 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 what is probably a very conservative Deep South. Um, so I, I very much value the words Andy Stanley says, but here's a couple of takeaways. And I, I posted this on social media yesterday on Instagram. I saw it. Um, a, couple of, a couple of things was... Um, Division is a choice. Um, we have a, uh, we can have our own opinions. We can even discuss our own opinions. But for us to be divided, that is an actual choice. He mentions that in John 17, one of the only things that Jesus mm. prays for um, is, uh, and for future believers, one of the only things that Jesus prays for is unity. Yep. Um, is for them to be uh, one with Jesus and Jesus is one with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, talks, Paul talks a lot about that. That's honestly, outside of fear not, um, one of the biggest things that Paul talks about is unity within the church. Mm. So for us to be divided, that is a genuine choice and it's a bad one um, if you're keeping score here. Uh, another thing that he talked about was the only way uh, for you to raise money the only way for you to win elections, the only way for you to continue your grip on power is to create a narrative that you are losing. Mm. And the only thing to come in between not just you losing, but you flourishing is whatever this specific take on a on an ideological or socio-political issue is. Um, so that is that's the last remaining vestige of our defense between not just if we... If we keep it there, yes, we can flourish. But if we lose it, I mean, we are done for. Yep. And um, I mean, money and marketing is made on the extremes. And yet problems are solved in the middle. Mm. And and if we want to see an example of that, all we have to look at is Jesus. Yep. Uh, Jesus never once really made a political... Um, the only political, real political uh, declarations that Jesus had were things that took whatever the political system was and turned it upside on its head. And um, time and time again, Jesus refused to take a stance on things that people wanted him to take a stance on. And so this is another thing Andy Stanley says, is that when people say Christians need to take a stand on this, Christians need to take a stand on this, it's really, no, you just want Christians to take your stand on something. Um, You want us, whatever... These, whoever these people are, they could even be Christians or whatever. We need our leaders to take a stand on this issue. It's like, no, you need leaders to take your stand on this issue. Because mm. if they don't, then you can you know, publicly deny them or condemn them. So what do you do then if you are presented with something like the topic of abortion? And yeah. I hate to keep bringing it back to that, but that's the, that's the big thing yeah. right now. I mean, there's... There's Ukraine, Russia, but like I think that's that's kind of cut and dry. It's a little more cut and dry. Yeah, there's a there's a definite good guy, bad guy for most of the world in that point. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I don't I don't say this again. Please please hear me when I say like, you know, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say Russia's pretty much the aggressor there. 
where uh, I mean, they're they're hundred percent. Yeah, aggressive. <laughs> uh, that's pretty proven. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, moving on along, you know, there is no real aggressor in the Roe v. Wade thing. <laughs> there yeah. is there is a lot, and so you mentioned something on Monday that I thought was key. Okay. To all of this, yeah. I don't know if you remember what it was. I would love for you to tell me. Um, it is the idea that we need to be curious in this whole search, yeah. and that came from it really what that was was me walking into your office right. last week, <laughs> and right you, when this whole story broke, right, yeah, yeah, right when everything was kind of dropping about the the leak thing that was on, I think a Sunday or something, and so I walked into your office and we were, I was, I had something else in mind, and you said, <laughs> quite. Quite bluntly, what do you think about abortion? <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I guess we're going to talk about this. Yeah. But um, it's because you had been looking at Facebook and you had seen a pastor, right. I guess a pastor, who was posting some really kind of vile, heinous things well, just like about very, the opposite very side. Very declarative, polarizing. Like intentionally polarizing. Yeah. Um, and which is something we're going to talk about, too, is the use of social media yes. and how it continues to polarize Rather than unify right. and a lot, a lot of that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but that's for a later week. Yeah, I, I think you know, in part of what Andy Stanley said was how you know the extremes are where people are heard. Mm. The middle is where things actually get solved. Um, Jesus came to the middle. He he literally left the most extreme. That's a Jimmy Eat World song. Right. It's a great song. Great song. Justin, you ever heard it of It just takes some time a little... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. okay, I know okay. that song. Justin's more In of a music guy. I think that's what we're Justin's he plays more of a music guy. Yeah. <laughs> he does. Um, yeah, I think... So part of this is... I just spit a little tea there. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it's your lip piercing. Just water squirts out every once in a while. <laughs> it's hidden behind the goatee. <laughs> that's why you have a that's goatee. That's why I grew the goatee. Yeah. Um, I, part of it is... I feel like... Uh, so I'm a, a white male Christian... People are going to have some like pretty serious assumptions yeah. when it comes to what I believe and who I am, which whatever, okay, rightly or wrongly, yes. Um, I would like to engage with this topic, almost like use that assumption people have and engage it in a way that um, is yeah a little more curious and understand why so many people are. So for Roe v. Wade, mm. as opposed to like, I, I feel like we have been raised and not necessarily by our parents per se, but like in the context that we are in to understand that abortion is not great. Mm. It's not a great thing. So why are there so many people in this world who do think that it's a good thing? Uh, why are there so many people who are, are feel like it's the end of the world if this does get overturned? Yep. Um, what is this a symptom of, you know? Uh, because I don't think abortion is the thing that like we actually need to be wrestling with. Hmm. Um, and I, I understand that that's a complex statement and that's a very simplified and generalized thing to say. Um, but what if the problem with uh, abortion is the fact that like we have a system that does not support mothers in need hmm. um, to the point to where like, they are basically just given the option to do I raise this child in abject poverty that, and, and have it continue to face social, political, demographic dilemmas to where like they will not be able to overcome or, it, or the situation has gotten so dire where it feels like they can't overcome this because the mother and the father or just the mother is in a situation to where they, they can't overcome it. Hmm. Um, so we as Christians, what if we were to look at a problem 
and we become so curious, we engage it in honest, thoughtful, empathetic conversation. We confront these issues, whatever they might be, and maybe we go behind the curtain and we look to see what's actually causing all of this stuff. And that is where we get messy, we get dirty, we, it takes a lot of hard work on a very local, regional level. Um, stuff that's going to be like thankless, um, you know, to be able to address this symptom of whatever. Like there's a sickness that is creating whatever symptom this is. Hmm. That is what I believe Jesus tried to do a lot of the time. Jesus didn't come to fix very like tiny little cases of things. He came to save souls. He came to like repair humanity, <laughs> which is, you know, like he didn't come to stop people from lying. You know, he didn't come to set up more rules and more boundaries that people are just going to cross. No, he wanted to attack the root of the situation. Yeah. Um, and we as Christians, like, Sometimes we lose the ability to do that because we like to be co-opted by platforms and ideologies and we lose any ability or objectivity to even do that. Uh, I asked Justin a question on Monday and it took him about 40 minutes to answer it. Um, that was a that it was, was a, a good question. It was a doozy of a question, and so I'm gonna. Justin's the reason we're having to redo this. He he deleted everything. He yeah uh, he hit he hit stop. I wanted another shot. Yeah. <laughs> so Justin, I'm gonna pretend that this question's brand new. Uh, no, Justin. For those that don't know um, and that are watching this on YouTube, you've seen his face a lot. Um, he's very smiley. He, he laugh. He's got a very good heart to him. He's he's our good boy, Justin. And <laughs> and, uh, but. He is ostensibly and was a freelance videographer, and he still does some things on the side before he started working here full time. But being a being a freelance videographer puts you in some pretty interesting positions. You have to work with different uh, views. You have to work with different groups of people. You have to work with different uh, ideologies than just working in a church. And so my question to Justin then, and I guess my question to him now is, when you are confronted with some a view that is not necessarily the socio-political view that you share as a Christian, how do you respond to that? Yeah, um, yeah, because after working with a bunch of different kinds of people, there's no way that um, you're going to be working with that everybody that you're going to be working with is going to share all of your same views, mm. um, which. Um, is interesting, but also I feel like I feel like it's kind of also one of the perks too. <laughs> um, it's nice to be able to talk to different people and kind of like hear their views. And I mean, the great thing about it too is that like you don't necessarily have to agree with them, mm. um, and that can be okay. Um, if there was like sometimes I would work with people, and like specifically the video that we're working on is something that is against my views. And, like, they'd reach out to me, and then I'd have to, and once we're talking about the video, I'd have to tell them, sorry, I can't really do this video, because that's something that's also reflected on me. But um, if it's a video that's not reflected on me, I have no problem with working with people who I don't share the, the same views with. and um, Because also, it can just be really great talking to them, kind of like what Mike said. Um, it's nice to kind of, like, see that, like, a lot of times, even if you don't share the same views on something... Um, you, after getting, like, talking, you can realize that the reason why, like, even if you don't share the same views on 
one thing in particular, maybe how to solve something, the root is really the same in that, like, we both agree on the same thing as the root, but we just disagree with um, maybe how to solve that. Where, um, like, you know, you were saying with, um, like, abortion in this case, um, like, the root there is um, to be able to support these kids, support these moms and parents um, that they feel like they're not being supported. Mm -hmm. And um, the root there, obviously, is more support and stuff. But I feel like any of these problems that you can take and you can keep digging down because I feel like there's more roots under that and more roots under that. I feel like everything, if you get to the very bottom of it, just leads to... um, I mean, really just leads to Jesus mm, and just right. leads to the Bible. Yeah. And um, that's something that um, I feel like once you know that, it's like a lot easier, at least for me, to talk with people with different views and um, kind of understand a little bit more about like why they're coming from, even if um, we don't agree with like, you know, where to go from here. But see, Justin's a good boy. <laughs> boy. Good that boy. wasn't 40 minutes. No, <laughs> that was good, man. Good job. I'm proud of you, dude. Well, another thing, that's great, Justin. And another thing, too, I think about this whole situation is I feel like we as Americans specifically and American Christians are so focused and obsessed with winning and feeling like we're a success that it clouds our mind in how to actually properly interact as if we were carrying Jesus around with us. Hmm. And we try to defend a God who needs no defense. Hmm. Um, We try to, I mean, I feel like, and I've done this before too many times where it's like, I'm going to argue with this person and I'm going to bludgeon them with my words and my emotions and all that kind of stuff. And if I sit back and think about it, it's like, why? Why am I doing this? At what point in the Gospels did Jesus ever argue with somebody and the other person was like, you're right. You're totally right. You are the son of God. It literally, unless unless I'm blanking, it never happened. Hmm. Anytime Jesus was confronted, he engaged with like another question. That's true. Or but that's a very Hebraic thing. Okay. Or he legitimately died. You know, he 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 sacrificed himself in ways that were <laughs> literally. Yeah. Literally sacrificed. Right. He sacrificed himself in ways that was like lent itself to something far deeper, far more beautiful, far more honestly like regenerative than trying to win a singular argument on who should I pay taxes to? And like Jesus literally just said, you should pay taxes. Yeah, go do it. Hey, by the way, there's a fish out there. Go catch the fish. Yeah, like it's just... <laughs> the fish has got some gold stuff. Who should I pay taxes to? And Jesus was like, I don't care, essentially. Yeah. So... I don't. It's just a fascinating thing, which I, you know, I, this uh, to me, this is a little bit like theoretical physics. You know, like we're talking, 
We're talking in vagaries and very, we don't yeah, actually very know. Very high in the sky. Yeah. And, you know, but when, in a specific case, when it comes to something like Roe v. Wade, I'm trying to take the stance of I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to listen to as many viewpoints as I possibly can. And I'm going to try to find out why each person feels the way that they feel, thinks the way that they think, and maybe try to address those things rather than whatever the the fruit of whatever this is. There is a bit of, uh, um, to an outside world, and you addressed this earlier, and I keep running in my head. I keep going back to the point of like, okay, but what do we do? Yeah. Like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Because I'm a person of action. Like, I want to go do. I want to... We talked about that on Monday. We did. Um, you, that's the lost episode. But the the idea that as Christians, sometimes we can't do anything except show love and show empathy and show sympathy and show support. And yet we're left in this weird quandary, this weird gray area of I'm forming my opinions. Right. I'm forming my own things. I'm forming my own thoughts, wills, wants, desires. But I'm also told that I need to go love and cherish and respect and honor, and I, I have to ask clarifying questions, and yeah. I, have to, I have to try to walk a mile and you know do the whole thing. And that is, yes, very countercultural, very incredibly countercultural. It, more so, right now. more yeah. so now, but I think even in Roman times, yeah. it was very countercultural. Sure. But I, I, I personally look at the way we're raising our kids and the way you're, you're raising your kids and kind of look at the way our church is trying to operate. And I go, are we operating out of a, a deep passion for understanding or are we operating out of a deep passion for, I want to win more souls to Jesus. And I put souls in air quotes because is that just a number that goes up and to the right when somebody says yes to Jesus? And I would hope that it's the former, not the latter. I would hope it's the first thing, not the second sure. thing. And yet oftentimes I think we default to the second thing. Well, And I, and, and we're going to, you said bludgeon, like we're going to just club people over the head with the Bible <laughs> until they believe what we believe about abortion or they believe what I believe about racism or speeding sure. or murder or, you know, homosexuality or whatever without actually taking the time to stop and understand that that's an actual person yep. there. And and I think what we're finding more and more and more in this pandemic, we have to wrap up here very yeah. quickly. Um, I think what we're finding more and more and more in this pandemic, post-pandemic world, theoretically the pandemic's over, but people, two things happen to people. Number one, they learned the value of a relationship. Number two, everything became smaller. Yeah. So giant companies became giant, yes, and a lot of small businesses died. But in terms of the family unit, in terms of the family structure, and in terms of our own hierarchical thoughts and views and ideas things became a little smaller. We started to see that the value of the relationship is found everywhere, which is why, you know, Web 3.0, for like it or not, it's, it's going to be a thing because it is formed on a relationship. It, okay. is, it is all about relationship. It's all about connection. And innately, we've all known that. But, you know, you look at post-World War II and everything became very much, you're part of the industry machine. Right. And we didn't have an industry machine for 18 months or six months or whatever. And so we learned, oh, wait a minute, I'm not part of a machine. And so in a roundabout way, we're all starting to understand the value of the relationship a little bit more, even more so in church. Church needs to value the relationship, the value, the one-to-one connection or the one-to-five connection or the five-to-one connection or whatever, if for no other reason than we need to understand 
different viewpoints yeah. and not necessarily again go out and just start swinging with well jesus said this well did he like did he really say that about abortion i don't i don't ever see it mentioned in the bible i don't think he mentioned anything specifically about abortion he mentioned stuff about the cherishing life he mentioned mm. stuff about cherishing women he mentions but like sure so I, I could theoretically, I could go in my office, pick up a Bible, and I could read whatever I wanted to about pro-life or pro-choice yeah. right now. And there's there's definitely a lot in there about widows and orphans. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. There's also there's a there's a ton about loving your neighbor, loving your enemy, all that other stuff. So yeah. what do you do about that? Right. Well, and this is the last thing I'll say about this is again, this is from Andy Stanley, and we talked about this on Monday too. But when you ask the question of like, okay, what do I do, <clears throat> and Maybe the better question to ask is, what does love require of me mm. in this specific moment? Yep. Um, and that can take on so many different ways, but we're called to love God and love people. And by loving people, we actually love God. Mm. So in that moment, what does love require you to do? And most of the time, it doesn't require you to espouse your opinions. Most of the time, it's shut up. <laughs> when, when, when the Bible says, uh, speak slowly... And, uh, yeah, be quick or be slow to anger or whatever, all that kind of stuff. It meant all of that uh, for a reason, because it all points back to loving God and loving people. Wasn't it Teddy Roosevelt that said, walk softly and carry a big stick? Right. What yes. about that? That was Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, who... that's not in the Bible. No. He was a extraordinary jerk at times. <laughs> uh, we, unfortunately, a, have a to bear? wrap up. Huh? He was a, a tiny little bear. Teddy. Oh. Did they name <laughs> teddy bears after him? I'm pretty sure they did. Get out of here. Yeah. Did he ride a bear? I think he rode a bear. That's Putin. <laughs> You're thinking Putin. Putin rode a bear without his shirt on. Pooping? Poop. Hmm. Got him. Justin, thanks for being a good boy. Hey, anytime. <laughs> uh, and thanks to all you if you're watching this on YouTube make sure to hit thumbs up button or hit subscribe or whatever to all the Bay Hope stuff uh, come to the worship night come to the worship May night May 19th yes uh, we look forward and if you're not there then I invite you to um, just peace out of the church no I invite you to uh, as soon as all the videos come out start sharing those videos on our Bay Hope worship channel which will be located in the comments below uh, and we love you That's thanks it. so much for being here we'll talk to you soon bye bye, bye. bye. Thank you.